Welcome. Uh, I'm Professor Dollar. Uh, thanks so much for this uh, great crowd. Uh, and I need, I would like to thank um, the Dean's Office of the Arts and Humanities uh, and the Sims Family Trust for their generous support of our series. This is our fifth event um, this quarter. And next, uh, March 12th, we have Eileen Miles will be here. And Wednesday, uh, March 14th, Lydia Davis. So it's really just a fantastic series, and uh, this event uh, is right there. Uh, I'd like to introduce uh, Professor Michael Davidson to introduce Charles. So here he is. Well, I want to uh, welcome Charles back to UCSD. He's no stranger to this university. In fact, his um, his mortal remains are behind this wall, no, or no, some no, of his no. mortal remains, that is to say his manuscripts, uh, his notebooks, and uh, papers, and so forth. So if you uh, like uh, the oral tradition today, you can find the textual tradition in the Archive for New Poetry and Special Collections. Uh, Charles is the former holder of the great chair in poetics at the University of Buffalo, my alma mater. He's currently teaching at the University of Pennsylvania. He is the author of many, many books and articles, uh, too numerous to mention, but the most recent are um, All the Whiskey in Heaven, his selected poems from Farrar Strauss, and The Attack of the Difficult Poems from the University of Chicago. He is the editor of significant anthologies and special issues of journals. He was the first, the editor with Bruce Andrews of Language, the journal that really launched a thousand ships. Uh, he is a poet of prodigious energy and generosity, as his many graduate students diasporized from various universities can attest. Uh, he's one of the curators of Penn Sound, the definitive um, acoustic collection of poetry in the world, as far as I'm concerned, and the moderator of the radio program on Art International called Close Listening. Not incidentally, he is a former instructor here at UCSD, an experience reflected in at least one of his poems called Mr. Matisse in San Diego, which begins, Take Eskos Boulevard till you hit Xanthippe Lane and hang a sharp right onto Parmenides past Sappho. You'll see a light at the Oristia overpass. Continue to Heraclitus, then bear left at the fork that takes you to Hermes Circle. We're at 333 Pythagoras, which is not an entirely unimaginable scenario given the tendency of developers in Southern California to map suburban grids on classical sites in heroic figures et in Lucadia Ego. He goes on in this poem. He goes on, Art is clatter, unveiling its soulfulness, a run-on sentence mentality, and a beer parlor lexicon, for which is buoyant want details the need, flaked out among a trolley's pumping, blends inexplicable as it clamps, care to masquerade, bullies to glub, as partly send-up, partly hosing warm, these lines typify the oxymoronic quality of his poetry, merging the clatter of art with soulfulness, the coloristic clashes of bullies and glub, a run-on sentence mentality and a beer parlor lexicon. You see, it is just like San Diego, just where Normal Heights meets Golden Hill, not far from Eden Gardens. <laughs> Early reviewers of language poetry commented on its monochrome surface. 
its bland indifference to audience, humor, or sentiment, <laughs> as if a curator had brought out Malevich's black square at a poetry reading and asked the audience to stare at it for an hour, <laughs> applause optional. Along comes Charles Bernstein, wearing a bowler and baggy pants, looking for all the world like a kinder, gentler Henny Youngman, and reading poems that one's Victorian grandma might have liked. And suddenly the avant-garde was no longer so avant, but funnier, more indecidable, weird. It was the attack of the difficult poem in a more colorful, various form, no less political or polemical, yet strutting its stuff, camping and carnivalizing the approved idiolect of beltway, seminar room, and advertising. The taxonomists of literary fashion were confused, alarmed. Could this be the death of experiment as we know it? The difficult poem, as Charles reminds us in his uh, book of that title, is not difficult because it is filled with Latin quotes or references to medieval poets, but because it causes you post-hermeneutic stress. <laughs> You're not quite sure where you are rhetorically. It makes you feel inadequate or stupid. It doesn't seem suitable for use in love letters, memorial commemorations, or rotary speeches. One of his poems begins, Who's on first? <laughs> and we know the punchline, but we don't recognize the neighborhood exactly. The dust descends as the skylight caves in. The door closes on a dream of default and denunciations. Go get those piazzas. So what begins as Abbott and Costello, this is me now, it, although it's hard to tell. Uh, so what begins as Abbott and Costello continues as American capitalism. The real estate crisis reveals the question of who's on first. One thing that makes his poems particularly difficult in an age skeptical of formalism is his love of the forced end rhyme, in which the terminal word is subjected to permutations that rather than join rhyme pairs semantically seem to wave from the bumper cars saying gaily, watch this next act. She walks in beauty like the swans that on a summer day do swarm and crawls as deftly as a spoon and spills and sprawls and booms. It's as if John Ashbery meets Wallace Stevens outside of a Buster Keaton movie. They go have a drink and think about the pleasures of syntax, the seductions of sound, like nothing else in Tennessee. Please welcome one of our great literary provocateurs, generative theorists, and poets, Charles Bernstein. <laughs> This is uh, my epigraph for the reading, and it's after Ferdinand Pessoa's uh, famous poem of April 1st, 1931, Autopsychographia. Poets are fakers whose faking is so real they even fake the pain they truly feel. And for those of us so well-read those red panes feel, oh, so swell. Not the poet's double header, but the knot of the neither. So the wheels go whack, ensnaring our logical part in the train wreck called the human heart. This poem is called Pompeii. The rich men, they know about suffering that comes from natural things, the fate that rich men say they can't control, 
the swell of the tides, the erosion of polar caps, and the eruption of a terrible greed among those who cease to be content with what they lack when faced with wealth they are too ignorant to understand. Such wealth is the price of progress. The fishmonger sees the dread on the faces of the trout and mackerel laid out at the market stall on quickly melting ice. In Pompeii, the lava flowed and buried the people. So such poems as this could be born. Um, this is um, the 60s with apologies. I remember the future, how it was so much like the past, those days rowing on the lake for the sake of rowing itself, never looking out, never any ducks lined up, only the fragrance of fragrance, the similes on a smile touched by an angle, as if our fund for hedges was any more effective than duping, juking, doping, throwing cold water on sizzling ruins. Jesus would have dug it before he got hung up on all that superstructure. <laughs> Even the water withers in the mouth, like hope evaporating in the words of the town criers and motion censors. Gale winds diminish in the mind since whatever is apparent and clear in my brain is so much Yukon flu, the utter white spaces of deception. It's okay, but I did that 20 years ago. Millions of miles beyond care, sobered up on 12-year-old bourbon and lobster rigmarole, the blood on George Bush's hands keeps coming out in my stool. Night is never dark enough because everything I see frightens me. In Utopia. In Utopia, they don't got no rules. And Prime Minister Cameron's criminality, pure and simple, is reserved for politicians just like him. In Utopia, the monkey lies down with the rhinoceros, and the ghosts haunt the ghosts, leaving everyone else to fend for themselves. In Utopia, you lose the battles, and you lose the war, too. But it bothers you less. In Utopia, no one tells nobody nothing, but I gotta tell you this. In Utopia, the plans are ornament and expectations dissolve into whim. In Utopia, here is a pivot. In Utopia, love goes for the ride, but Eros is at the wheel. In Utopia, the words sing the songs while the singers listen. In Utopia, one plus two does not equal two plus one. In Utopia, I and you 
is not the same as you and me. In Utopia, we won't occupy Wall Street. We are Wall Street. In Utopia, all that is solid congeals. All that melt liquefies. All that is air vanishes into the late afternoon fog. This short work is called Two Stones with One Bird. I've memorized it. Two Stones with One Bird. Redemption comes and redemption goes, but transience is here forever. <laughs> This one is called Loneliness in Linden, after Wallace Stevens. The fear and the hum are one, monuments of show gumming the works until the weather grows tired of the people and the people grow tired of the dance. Jamais, jamais, jamais again. The measure of the town against a dampening sky, cobbling together six million tunes into more than the tones tattoo or their scrambled mosaic forecloses. And if the fume and the hope are one, my monkey from 49 steps as silent as those songs along the crater dark where Jews do Jewish things. No one pretends to understand. Or are they pilgrims on this night when the fear and the hum are one? This is in one of, one of my series of self-help poems. Um, and it's called Stupid Men's Smart Choices. I was on my third scotch in Maylox when the phone rang. It was Veronica again. Her sultry voice cracked on the line like lima beans in a popcorn popper. She was in trouble, but this time there was nothing I could do for her. I listened to her story like the Rotor-Rooter man listens to a drain. All ears. She'd fallen again, this time so hard and so fast she felt she had been clobbered by an acela running amok on the slow track from Boston to Gloucester. She said she liked the rhythm of his talking. It was so down to earth she sometimes felt she was buried alive, a comforting feeling for someone whose anxieties were often indistinguishable from her ecstasies. But things had gone wrong, terribly wrong, and now she was on the run not only from him, but from herself. Like a dream about a dream, it always began that way. Stupid men, smart choices. So this um, next work is uh, based on um, emails that were very common maybe three or four years ago that I'm sure you all received. And uh, I, I want to emphasize something. Nowadays, so much work is appropriated, is taken from the web and used. Uh, but in this particular case, all of the uh, text is my own original composition. Nothing has been taken from anywhere else. It's a completely creative uh, 
Paul. Dia percenter circum in percent. I sa percent you percenter picture on wet not short percenter one and one till the on two. Or me put there, I am old, mad percent. Fifty seven year dollar sign. Bad percent, tooth and smack punk. There un e to me percent people. I act right dollar iter right dollar eight po percent re percent tree. And email right Ah, uh, oh, greater than so. Secret of good stuff. Verge, cheek, and Prozac. C percent. I add all signs so. Can't poop. Sleep. Business opportunity too. Tell only my friends. If you send it, I put some at my to have me slash I expect semi prostrate can greenlancer and point there need sacrifice Matilda E. I point so I brought her in trouble. Will soon you dollar sign my P percent shirt. Knee point check first. Poet. You point all percent E E ready. Slash E and Matt Lou me dollar sign at Swift A at Sussara dot TV at Matt your friend and soul man point E Bing When I used to read that after, says you should just find that. And I, I found that so disturbing. Would they have said that to John Dunn? You just find that. They don't understand the creativity that goes into the poetic process. <laughs> Speaking of which, this is really more for the front row group, but uh, <laughs> armed stasis. I will make a 
I will make a fact of you, Robert Frost. Me on the one side, you on the other. No learned astrologer will ever separate us, crouching in the proverbial darkness even when it sounds like light. Gosh, I gotta go soon. Even now the Jersey Shore beckons. My cabana for your cheddar. My bootstraps for your boot. I've gone blank all of a sudden, frozen in dismay. This work has the following title. Won't you give up this poem to someone who needs it? Remember what I told you about purgatory? Limbo? How all that's happening now is just this waiting around till the build, till the, how all that's happening now is just this waiting around till the big cheese makes up her mind about you. She makes you the way you are and then decides if it panned out. <laughs> For every 10 half-baked cookies, there's a gem. And you know, maybe you're one of those. Then there's those who take her name in vain. What do you call them? The religious moralists. She don't much cotton to them. Not when they try to take away a woman's right to choose or bad mouth folks almost as queer as she is. Well, everyone makes mistakes. That's what purgatory's for. Sometimes it happens that while you wait, you see what's what. Start accepting you're in a long queue for God only knows what. And neither of you has any idea what the hell the matter is or what to do about it. This uh, piece has as its title my motto as a writer of verse. Unready, unwilling, unable. <laughs> it's the trinity. <laughs> Peerlessly literal, we're a little nearer than we were. There is nothing I would rather see than an angel dancing on a rhyme or a unicorn playing Phaedra. I love humanity. It's people I can't bear. <laughs> I am a Jewish man trapped in the body of a Jewish man. <laughs> I love people. Humanity scares me. If nothing is translatable, then everything is. Scars me. Sob rule. Boss is serrated, slush life. The slope of the sloop is spooked. The revolutionary spectacle of a baby tearing off her diaper or a crippled young boy casting aside his crutches cannot help to move all those who yearn for liberation, a liberation that is blocked by the cruel forces of fate and biological inequality. Poetry doesn't exist to be understood or to solicit accolades or dismissals. It does 
what it does, what it can do. When it comes, it comes. When it goes, it goes. This is the secret of rhythm. For what leaves one person high and dry is for another as necessary as water. And can you have that necessity for one without at the same time sacrificing the availability to another? And those two points of accessibility, inaccessibility, may also occur for the same person at different times or even different parts of any one of us. Odd as that may sound. Poetry's power, some poetry's power, may be that its appeal is not universal but specific, not popular but partisan. We don't all agree. If everything is translatable, nothing is. Then I came to a pork in the road. <laughs> Mediocre politicians campaign in poetry and govern in prose. Great politicians campaign in prose and govern in poetry. Camp is a drag. Sometimes at night when I can't sleep, I take down one of the volumes of my vast Yellow Pages collection. Too much light, so I go to Graperies, Shutters, and Blinds. But which one? Draperies, Shutters, or Blinds? I write to forget or just not think about it too much. There ain't nothing like a metaphor. Nothing in this world. There ain't nothing you can name that is anything like a metaphor. Hold it. I got to take this call. It might be from someone more important than you. I don't even know you. Infinite joy in finite time, finite pain in infinite time. My little blurb must think it queer to stop without a poem book near. <laughs> but I have proverbs still to write to shore me against frightening night. Grenier, green in green shines. Nowhere now here. Now here, nowhere. Times loopy as a pretzel, salty as belly locks. A gift horse looks nobody in the mouth. The more one turns away from a thing, the greater the force with which it returns in the unconscious. Tea party. I love America so much, I want to lock her in my basement. <laughs> and have her all to myself. We've come to take your country back. Our America, not wars, wars, pours, lures, war, wars. Nothing is done forever or everything is done forever. Poetry often operates in the spaces between intention and serendipity. Or it reframes, displaces, replaces where the intentionality lies. 
but how readers interpret the results of randomization is not random. We project meanings, associate freely, symbolize the process structure. Who decides which poetry ought to be? Historically, poetry's history suggests many radical swerves from such oughts, and of course, much compliance as well. What some reject as empty, others embrace as visceral. And what some embrace as rational, sensible poetry, others reject as empty, lifeless. Poetry is not about what it says, but what it does. For where one finds commensurability with paraphrase, there the sheets have not been rumpled. There poetry has not, so to speak, spent the night. Mandelstam. So in the end, what it comes down to is, can the truth handle truth? Wake up and smell the plasticine. This is a set of very short little quick stabs, they used to call them, called Poems for Rehab. It's again part of my self-help series that I'm trying to kind of bring into the reading environment, make poetry relevant. <laughs> Hang in, turn up, attune. Silence is unnerving. God hurts those hurt themselves. Vengeance is mine, saith the ideological state apparatus. Just give me one more choice. Be here then. Be then there. Be there now. Hope is the thing feathered with loss. I wrote this poem on November 4th, 2008. It's called On Election Day. I hear democracy weep on election day. The streets are filled with brokered promise on election day. The miscreants vote the same as saints on election day. The dead unleash their fury on election day. My brother crushed in sorrow on election day. The sister does her washing on election day. Slowly I approach the voices dark on election day. The men prepare for dying on election day. The morning hush defends its brood on election day. So still, so kindly faltering on election day. On election day, the cat takes tea with the marmoset. On election day, the mother refuses her milk. On election day, the frogs croak so fiercely, you would think that Mars had fallen into Earth. On election day, the Iron Man meets her frozen gasp the air is putrid, red, interpolating, quixotic, torpid, vulnerable on election day. Your eyes slide on election day. 
Still the mourners mourn, the weepers wept, the children slept alone in bed on election day. No doubt a comet came to see me, fiery and irreconciled, torrid, strummed on election day. On election day, the trespass of the fatuous alarm and ignominious aspiration fells the golden leap to girdled crest. The tyrant becomes prince on election day. Neither friend nor foe, fear nor fate on election day. The liar lies with the lamb on election day. The last shall be the first, and the first sent to the back of the line on election day. The beggar made a king on election day. Let him who is without my poems be assassinated on election day. Let he who has not sinned, let him sin on election day. The ghosts wear suits on election day. On election day, sulfur smells like beer. On election day, the minister quakes in fear. On election day, the Pole and the Jew dance the foxtrot. On election day, the shoe does not fit the foot. The bullet misfires in its pistol. The hungry raider reels before steadying himself on facts. The grid does not gird the fiddler on election day. Galoshes and tears on election day. The sperm cannot find the egg on election day. The drumbeat becomes bird song on election day. I feel like a nightmare is ending, but can't wake up on election day. Um, you know, uh, this is a poem that's very much based on uh, uh, Whitman's Responde. It's a fascinating poem that, that you uh, put forward. But the, the one line in there, which is so outrageous, of course, it's not mine, I just want to emphasize, though, is that let him who's out my poems be assassinated as Walt well, Whitman. <laughs> <laughs> Something I, I probably would not have gone there, but no, just to give that reference. It's, it's so interesting that the more outrageous than anything is that, is that line from Whitman in that poem, especially you know, close to the time of, of Lincoln being assassinated. You know, it's like, um, now we turn to a more serious moment in the reading where I'm trying to bring you in to a new group that I'm forming, uh, the Flawed Design Group. And uh, if you want to meet with me after and sign up, uh, we're going to create a uh, Bing page <laughs> for it. There are not Bing pages up to now, of course, it's not a social network, but we're trying to bring Bing into the social network. <laughs> it's called the Theories Evolution. The theory of flawed design is not a scientifically proven alternative to evolution. It is based on the everyday life experience that natural selection could not have produced such a catastrophic outcome. <laughs> Optimists and the religiously inclined will naturally prefer evolution as an explanation since ascribing design to the state of humanity is almost unbearable. For the rest of us, we must continue to insist that the theory of flawed design be taught cheek and jowl 
neck and neck, mano a mano, with Mr. Darwin's speculations. The theory postulates a creator who is mentally impaired, either through some genetic defect or because of substance abuse, and is predisposed to behave in a sociopathic manner, although some benign flawed design theorists, as they call themselves, posit the radical alternative that the creator was distracted <laughs> or inattentive, and the flaws are not the result of malevolent will, but incompetence or incapacity. Now, this is um, a poem that I, I, I have read for, for you, both of you perhaps, but in specific for Jerry, at 80, um, and you immediately saw the reference. It's called The Jew, so it's for Jerome Rothenberg <laughs> at 80. The town is in a terrible commotion, and the mayor and his counselors are in despair. They ask a Jew for advice. This commotion is a sign that your town is doing better than the town to the north and the town to the east. Give a banquet to honor those who have done the most to bring about this state of affairs. The Jew comes upon a couple in violent argument. Stop! You are both wrong. The waiter is painfully frigid on one of the hottest days of the summer. Excuse me, the water. <laughs> the water. Well, the Jew, the Jew brings in the unconscious. The water is painfully frigid on one of the hottest days of the summer. The bathers do not know if they should wade or swim. Do as the geese do, says the Jew. Glide on top. Too much pepper has been added to the stew. Use this stew as a spice for a new stew, says the Jew. In this way, a moment of discomfort will give way to a dozen aftershocks. The homeowner is disturbed that he owes the bank more on his house than the house is worth. A bad investment, the Jew tells him, is like a spoiled puppy that requires even more attention than a baby. You learn to love it all the more. The Jew tries a new bread knife. The bread was never easier cut, but even this knife will not work for a good bagel. <laughs> The poet, the poet complains that the most recent book did not sell many copies, nor receive any reviews. Even if your book sold and was reviewed, the Jew says, it would not have been able to compete with Schwartz or Goldberg. So at least you have avoided that disappointment. <laughs> the Jew sees a crab. It is an ordinary crab. A hard worker has been summarily fired from a job, replaced by a person with less experience 
and less ability. The person who did this, said the Jew, will never understand the wrong that has been done, and so will not be able to make amends. The only thing worse than what has happened to you has already befallen this person. A man buys a suit on sale that is too tight at the waist and too long in the sleeves. Yes, says the Jew. Things often turn out like this. A lifeboat capsizes and the passengers are close to drowning. I always wanted to be buried at sea, says the Jew. But I had hoped to die on land first. A tear graces Jesus' cheeks as he suffers on the cross. The tear is not for his own pain, says the Jew, but his pity for those who condemn any man to death, regardless of what he has done. The waves wash over the child's magnificent sandcastle. The Jew consoles the heartbroken builder. The castle will always be more beautiful in your memory than it could ever have been in the harsh light of day. Tomorrow, the waves of your mind will erase even the memory of your castle. Making is its own best reward. The patient does not know if the treatment is more injurious to life than the disease. Whatever you do, it is bound to be a giant, annoying, and irrevocable mistake, counsels the Jew. So you might as well make the best mistake you can. The young scholar cannot decide the best color for a new couch. Pick not the color you want to see, says the Jew, but the color you want to sit on. <laughs> Little hope is given that the cake will be ready for the wedding. The party planners are beside themselves. An unfinished cake, says the Jew, it's like a marriage in progress. Tomorrow is always in the offing. A business deal goes sour when the main investor runs off with the owner's spouse. A fly in the ointment is the proof in the pudding, says the Jew. A reader complains about the obscurity of a line of verse and seeks a Jew's counsel. Obscurity is like the yeast in a cake. It is long acting to ensure that the dough rises in time. Vandals steal the pump's handles. You think this is bad, says the Jew. You should have seen the neighborhood before the vandals moved in. <laughs> A miller notices that the grain is too coarse to sell and is advised to consult a Jew. Cone still owes me $14. A Jew writes a book in which he bears false witness against his friend, also a Jew. How could my friend turn against me? A Jew is asked for advice. When Jew does this to Jew, it creates a problem. It is harder to ascribe it to anti-Semitism, <laughs> but not impossible. <laughs> a high-handed literary critic dismisses the irony in a work the writer turns to a Jew the absence of irony in a work says the Jew is like a window pane without a window impossible to justify 
Two parents both claim a child is theirs. A Jew is brought in to arbitrate. Don't try that ruse where you propose cutting the child in half, says one parent. We weren't born yesterday, the other adds scornfully. Yesterday's ruse is like a jackhammer drilling in sand, says the Jew. The end result is still a hole in the ground. The scholar cannot understand an unusual diacritical mark over a word in the text he is studying and ponders on it for several days before asking the Jew. It means nothing, says the Jew, blowing a speck of dust off the page. Uh, as a somewhat of a relief <laughs> from that uh, somewhat unrelenting poem the honor of virtue what I say is what I meant and what I saw is what I said but neither seen nor spoke is what I think I thought. This work is called Fold. I pet my pet. I fear my fear. I torment my torment. I wear my wear. I tear my tear. I comb my comb. I brush my brush. I hush my hush. I quiet my quiet. I touch my touch. I hate my hate. I love my love. I taste my taste. I slap my slap. I rip my rip. I rope my rope. I chain my chain. I sun my sun. I name my name. I surprise my surprise. I slur my slur. I laugh, my laugh, I cry, my cry, I hope, my hope, I shout, my shout, I sand, my sand, I deal, my deal, I share, my share, I snare, my snare, I aim, my aim, I lack, my lack, I face, my face, I blame, my blame, I trap, my trap, I curb, my curve, I need, my need. I desire my desire. I cloak my cloak. I approach my approach. I reproach my reproach. I delay my delay. I hurt my hurt. I pain my pain. I word my word. I shock my shock. I risk my risk. I language my language. I act my act. I ache my ache. I stoke my stoke. I stash my stash. I turn my turn, I waste my waste, I fold my fold, I tether my tether, I weather my weather, I store my store, I eye my eye, I tongue my tongue, I finger my finger, I figure my figure, I sin my sin, I light my light, I shell my shell, I stone my stone, I void my void, I break my break, I gulp my gulp, I shit my shit. I time my time, I temper my temper, I anger my anger, I taint my taint, I will my will, I fund my fund, I ply my ply.
this is a translation of Goethe's, it's an adaption of Goethe's poem, Elf King. Who rides this late through a night so wild? It is the father with his dearest child, his daughter cradled in his one free arm. He holds her tight to keep her from harm. My child, why is your face covered in fear? Look, father, do you not see Elf King near? Elf King leering with a crown and a tail? My child, all that is, is a passing gale. My dear, sweet daughter, come along with me. Your dress-up games we will play by the sea. Such castles we'll build when we get to the shore. You'll wear grandmother's hats you so adore. My father, my father, don't you hear what elf king's whispering in my ear? Be calm. Stay quiet, oh my dear sweetest one. It is just the leaves blowing in the wind. My daughter, my daughter, please stay with me. Your brother waits to sing the night away. Your brother will take your hand in his hands and dance with you gaily on glistening sands. My father, my father, do you not see elf king's sons beckoning madly to me? My daughter, my daughter, I see it well. The old willow shimmering on the dell. I love you, your beauty's pure perfection. From my clutches you have no protection. My father, my father, I'm in his grip. Elf kings drag me to his demon ship. The father shudders. Rides hard through the wild, clinging for life to his dear aching child. Hurtling onward, overcoming his dread. In his arms, home now, his daughter is dead. This is called sapphics. Here where I found you, here will I lose you. Tears on the slow take, tears on the upswing, hidden when I go now, crushed by a token, sorrow as a cancer, reason eschews answer, mobbed by a gay light, scarred in a queer fright. Little did I know then, nothing do I ken now. Fate is a torn wing. Hope is a hypocrite. Before you go, thoughts inanimate stumble spare. Before you go, folded memories tinctured with despair. Before you go, 
two lakes inside a jar before you go. Flame illumines fitful lie before you go. Furtive then morrow, nevering now before you go. Lacerating gap, stippled rain before you go. Anger rubs raw and sweet before you go. Never seen the other side of sleep before you go. Nothing's left for, not yet grief before you go. A slope, a map, insistent heave before you go. Stone and stem, nocturne leap before you go. Compass made of bones and teeth before you go. The wind up axe, delirium's beast before you go. Spilt quell, impatient speaks before you go. Rippling laughter, radiance leaks before you go. No place, no sound nor up or down before you go. Smoky, swollen seeps before you go. Tossing in tune just like last night before you go. I'm nowhere near the fight before you go. Nothing to make it right before you go. It won't congeal, no more deals before you go. Hope offense wells on fire before you go. Slammed when you don't, damned if not before you go. A hound, a bay, a hurtled dove before you go. Coriander and lace stickly grace before you go. Englobing trace, fading quakes before you go. Devil's grail, face of fate before you go. Suspended deanimation, recalcitrant fright before you go. Everything so goddamn slow before you Tell me now I'm feeling low before you. Just let me unhitch this toe before you. One more stitch still to sew before. Calculus hidden deep in snow before. Can't hear, don't say before. Lie still. Who sings this song? Beth. A token. A throw. A truculent pen. B. Don't know much. But that I do. B. Two lane blacktop. Undulating light.
long before the rain I wept. Done forgot to till me what I didn't for you afore. All the idle nothing we fluke in eyed the oar. Done forget the whiskers that I never known yet. The intessent gloopy glisters ost in squamish seas of plaid. Nah, don't forget the wargy blaze or the foomish purple blame. Then I a common om again. You'll never know I int. Morality. So what? So what? So what I'm. What I'm saying. So what I'm saying. So what I'm saying. I'm. I'm. I'm saying. It's. 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 It's your. It's. 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 It's your fucking. It's your fucking. It's your fucking fault. Fault. It's your fucking. Your fucking fault. Fucking fault. I. 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 I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't need to hear, don't need to hear, I don't need to hear all, 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 all that, all that, don't need to hear, all that extra, all that extra stuff, I don't need to hear all that extra, all that extra, all that extra, all that extra stuff, stuff, all that extra stuff, so that, so that, so that, so that, so that's it, that's it, so that's, that's it, that's it, that's it, I don't, I, I don't, I don't need, I, I, I don't, don't need to hear all that extra stuff, all that extra stuff, it's, 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 your, it's your, it's your, it's your fucking, your fucking fault, fucking fault. It's, it's, your fucking, your fucking fault, your fucking fault. It's your fucking fault. This is called Misfortune After Nerval. My morning star's dead, and my disconsolate loot smashes in the blackened sun of torn alibi. In the tomb of every night, memories of Venetian reveries raw rub the inconsolable pitch of the dark, where over and again, I love you. This is the birthday of Dr. Seuss, and I want to dedicate this poem to him. It's my translation on the centennial of the writing of Velimir Klebnikov's great Zaum poem, Incantation by Laughter. We laugh with our laughter, loke laugher und loafer, Sloaf lacquer in leffer lop lapter un loofer loops lapper un loosler pleep loper ep lipler bloop oofer unk oduk fluke flapper it fluber foot lickless and tickless ak lauching ak laufing ak wuffing ip upling uk lippling ga sprickling erp laughter oop laughing oop laughing 
erp laughter. Poets are fakers whose faking is so real they even fake the pain they truly feel. And for those of us so well read, these red pains feel, oh, so swell. Not the poet's double header, but the knot of the neither. And so the wheels go whack, ensnaring our logical part in the train wreck called the human heart. This poem was called Strike. Strike! Because the sky turns gray just before it blacks out. Strike! Because when you were little, your father told you too many lies. Strike because the surf is up. Strike because you are heartsick with the old ways and giddy with promise. Strike because things can't go on this way any longer. Strike because the thugs have replaced the thugs. Strike because every grain of sand tells you the universe is an open field of infinite possibility. Strike because you're sick and tired of bait and switch. Strike because the wolf howls in the garden's translucent masquerade. Strike because your grief overwhelms you. And the other option is to sit at home and stare at a screen. Strike because every hope begins with disappointment. Strike because the bosses need a reality check backed up by workers' sweat. Strike because collective action is the only thing that separates us from pejorocracy. Strike because you're not for sale. Strike because the sun is not shining as brightly as it did. Strike because the machinery of greed needs to be unhinged. Strike because you've lost your head in the endless circuits of a recurring nightmare. Strike because your children insist it doesn't matter and your parents say the time's not right. Strike because even demons are mortal. Strike because the ache is just too bad, the work too much, the reward too meager. Strike because you have no say. Strike because it wasn't supposed to be this way. Strike because the pilots are guiding the ship to the plutocrat's lair. Strike because every assault needs to be countered, every affront acknowledged. Strike because you're hungry for something else. Strike because you can't forget it and are not going to let it pass. Strike because your dignity is worth more than their hypocrisy. Strike because hands are for making things, not for wringing a desperate man dry. Strike because power is a two-way street with back alleys, overpasses, byways, and unexplored tunnels. Strike because your only hedge fund is your bare hands. Strike because the coal dust is suffocating in the mines, a living grave. Strike because you are sick of all that's called new and despair that nothing changes. Strike because you are abandoned. Strike because you don't want to live this way anymore. Strike because the deck is stacked and the dealer says, you're cheating. Strike because everyone's listening but no one's talking. Strike because you can't say it any other way. Strike because meaning's made, not taught. Strike because life's a tale and you the teller. Strike because I told you to. Strike because I will never let you down. 
Strike because I told you one thing but did another. Strike because I disappointed you. Strike because I made you feel stupid for trying. Strike because I made you feel stupid for crying. Strike because win or lose, it's the doing that gets done. Strike because you couldn't get a ticket to the show. Strike because you've never had a thought of your own. Strike because no one bothered to tell you. Strike because you still can or think you can or thought you could. Strike because it's better than baseball. Strike because tomorrow they'll come for you. Strike because this could be your last chance. Strike because even though you have your price, the offer was not nearly good enough. Strike because resistance is happier than humiliation. Strike because you'd prefer not to. Strike because eternity is ours for the asking. Strike because the wind is at your back even when there is no wind. Strike because all roads lead nowhere and all hopes come to naught, at least if things don't get worse. Strike because the jellies in your life are lined up at tide's edge, keeping you from the water. Strike because you are thirsty and the water is spoiled. Strike because even a match in a dimly lit restaurant can make it easier to read the menu. Strike because you hate the way they redecorated the planet. Strike because the fall season needs some pushback. Strike because your wrongs are not as bad as their wrongs. Strike because you forgot to pay attention for longer than you'd intended. Strike because the bells are ringing, but you are nearly deaf. Strike because you would have when you knew less than you think you know now. Strike because the blood loss can't be sustained. Strike because your heart is broken and the vultures are overhead, ready to pick at the pieces. Strike because complacency is a waste of time. Strike because while doing something is a pain in the ass, doing nothing is a pain in the soul. Strike because a shadow of doubt is the hipster's swan song. Strike because you didn't when you could, and now it's too late. Strike because it's noisy. Strike because it's bluesy. Strike because there's not enough poetry in your life or it's the wrong kind of poetry. Strike because you're running on empty. Strike because the nightingale's restless. Strike because the meds are kicking in. Strike because you are in love or have lost your love or on a roll or hit a dry spot or out of ideas or brimming with plans, breaking down or working out. Strike because the wealthy would rather you die than pay their fair share of taxes. Strike because we criminalize poverty and legalize corporate theft. Strike because the men at the top are not the top men. Strike because you used to believe in America, or never did, but just wanted to. Strike because the Supreme Court is jerry-rigged, it's justice without honor. Strike because Murdoch and Berlusconi make Big Brother seem like chopped liver. Strike because it's no fun to tango alone. Strike because you've been on hold for longer than you can remember and want to hang up without losing your place in the queue. Strike because it's nearly as effective as Prozac. 
Strike because there is not enough orange in your green or mauve in your magenta. Strike because the Manhattans are tasting sour and the gin rummies flat. Strike because it's futile. Strike because no one cares what you do. Strike because you mean it or meant it or isn't it pretty to have thought so. Strike because I told you you wouldn't want to hear this and you don't. Strike because you want a break or you've been broken or you've seen the larger picture or your vision is deteriorating and you can only see what's right in front of you. Strike because in order to fully appreciate sitting, sometimes you have to stand. Strike because in the end, even dreams come to sand. Strike because you didn't think you had it in you. Strike because you don't have it in you. Strike because the iron is as cold and as heartless as the green ant's misery. Strike because you missed the revolution. Strike because the revolution comes only twice in each one's life. Strike because the revolution is not an end, but a meeting. Strike because your apathy brings you infinite joy. Strike because you've lost your voice. Strike because you have the choice. Strike because you want to join the chorus. Strike because you've always wanted a solo. Strike because it's taking too long. Strike because you want to sing this song. I'm going to end with this short poem called Chimera. At dusk, I found it, silent there, and sudden caught it in my hand. It squeaked and hollered with despair, but I was young, of ruthless mind. I scooped and cupped it in my palm so it would no more come to harm. Yet quick I knew to let it go. It was not mine to have nor hold. Ere since that day, I've gathered twine to knot and glue unto a rhyme, resigned that tunes will never bind. Shimmering shadows tossed in time. I think we have time for a couple questions and then the library is going to close. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll be trapped in the library together, which sounds nice. Uh, any questions? Uh, this might have been addressed in one of the poems, but uh, I think my question was, what do you think the purpose of poetry is? <laughs> There is no purpose to poetry. And that is not its purpose. <laughs> Do you often work from your own list of experiments? Not really, no. Um, I kind of have internalized so much of that stuff that I'm very uh, self-indulgent and set my own projects in my own ways, but I mean, I'm interested in having all of that as textures that I can use in different ways. 
but I don't consciously really work from any, any, anything. It's a very kind of intuitive process of things that occur to me that I figure I can do. So, yeah. yeah. Did you have one particular instigator for your strike because? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I wrote Strike and Chimera, the last two poems, in July. Um, and also in Utopia, although I added the Wall Street line after, but I, I wrote those three poems uh, over the summer. Strike, um, there was a kind of, there was several different sort of motifs running through the reading, but and one, one of them had to do with this political, this, uh, issues around political poetry and our politics of the 60s without apologies. And in a way, it's like the 60s without apologies. I know it doesn't really seem like that, but what I was actually interested in was a certain kind of 1968 Paris, uh, U.S. Uh, anti-Vietnam War uh, language. We strike for this. We strike because your classrooms are boring. Uh, strike because there's not enough poetry in your life and so on. So I was actually thinking about that rhetoric, uh, as well as certain stuff from the 30s as well, uh, in terms of left poetry and sort of seeing what I, I could do with that. And then it sort of took a, you know, like so many things, it just went in its own direction, you know. So then it seemed to fit in in a way to the Occupy Wall Street. Obviously, it sounds like it's written before that, but I mean, it's part of the same moment. It's just, it perhaps anticipates those issues that were raised in the fall, which are long-term issues in America, of course, distribution of wealth people's sense of powerlessness and what the rhetoric to be around it. And the, the On Election Day was another one which I wrote on the, when Obama was elected. But that's another poem in that sort of series that, uh, that I'm thinking about. In mixing up certain kinds of dystopian language with optimism with political agitprop and so on. Yes? <laughs> I've done a lot of, um, I've written a lot.